0: our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text is the gospel reading. Please be seated. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, when Jesus tells a parable, uh, you'd better pay attention. And he does this to repent you and faith you and lead you in a God-pleasing way of life. So listen to the parable again. I beg you, check it out. A sower goes out to sow. He throws seed everywhere. (laughs) The farmers are going crazy when they hear that. The sower does it recklessly. The farmers are going insane. The seed lands on hard pavement, shallow, rocky soil, soil weedy soil, and good plowed under soil. The seed sowed on the good soil produces grain in the amounts of a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. Now Jesus says this all the time in the New Testament. And so ears to hear ears are F-A-I-T-H ears. Receptive ears. Ears that hear what Jesus says and teaches in the context of his Good Friday death and Easter Sunday resurrection. Ears to hear ears are ears that are attuned to his word. Ears that listen to the voice of their good shepherd, Jesus. Now, in the text, Jesus gives his disciples the crib notes. <laughs> he explains what the parable means. The seed is the word or gospel of the kingdom of God. In other words, the seed that is sown by the sower is Jesus Himself. After all, he is the uh, He's the what? He is the promised seed, the Savior of the world. And the soils, they are the various conditions of the heart. So the hard pavement or the path is the unbelieving hardened heart. Even though the gospel is heard, it bounces right off the hardened heart. This happens when people hear the word of forgiveness in Jesus, but they don't think they need to be forgiven. And so the conversation runs like this. I've done this a million times, so hang on tight. Kuhlman says, Jesus Christ died for you, and he's answered for all your sins. And Hardened Heart Soil, HHS, replies, sins, <laughs> really, Reverend, uh, that implies that I'm a sinner. You've got some nerve. Me, a sinner? Come on, Reverend. And Kuhlman says, bingo. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. And I'm also here to tell you that Jesus died on the cross for you, and he's atoned for all your sin." And HHS, Hardened Heart Soil, says, Nonsense, Reverend! Good grief! I'm not a sinner. Now, I'm certainly not like all those people at Trinity Lutheran. They're the hypocrites! They're the sinners! Not me. So don't you dare tell me that I'm forgiven! Don't tell me that Jesus died for me, man I don't need that! I need to be affirmed by you, Reverend. That's what I need. Do you get it? The hardened heart is the refusing heart the won't be given to heart. So I warn you, in other parts of the New Testament, Jesus teaches that the only unforgivable sin is the refusal to be forgiven. You can read about that in Matthew 12 if you'd like. Now I think you begin to realize why the New Testament teaches that if we say we have no sin, We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, 1 John chapter 1. And why those words, 1 John 1, are in the hymnals liturgy right off the bat. So if you believe that you're not a sinner, then the gospel says that Jesus died for you will bounce off your heart like a seed bouncing off hard Crusty soil. And that's why the birds, or as Jesus explains it, Satan comes and snatches it away. I know, I know. You've never compared the preaching or sowing of the gospel to bird food and then being devoured. But Jesus does. So we would do well to ponder this truth and be repented right now, today. Now, to use another analogy, the preaching of the gospel or the sowing of the gospel seed is like the rain of a thunderstorm. We had one this morning. The gospel rain falls in one place for a while as people receive it. But then, when people become apathetic, take it for granted, become bored with it, or flat out reject God's word with all kinds of what? Oh, pious excuses. The gospel rainstorm moves on to another locale, leaving the gospel of salvation drought behind. Pray that that never happens here at Trinity or in our country, seriously. Seriously. I do, however, fear that we are at the point of the gospel rain moving on and leaving a severe drought because of our lethargy, our dullness, and our ingenious and inventive ways of blowing off or bluntly but politely rejecting the gospel. As I've watched for decades, the disastrous results of christians that follow the world's advice which is listen to your heart and not god's word rely on your feelings and not on jesus promises feel good about yourself but don't die to self this is just disaster hmm. now what about the seed that was sown in rocky shallow soil that describes the shallow or surface hearing of the gospel in other words this is the person who hears the gospel and who is at first, and you've all experienced this, if I had $1,000 for every time I experienced this, I could have retired decades ago. This is the person who hears the gospel and who is at first just bursting with joyful emotions. They'll tell me, I haven't felt this good ever in my life, Pastor. But here's the spiritual danger. Faith that is based on feelings is faith without any root. Faith based upon how you feel only will not be able to handle what? It will not be able to handle the heat of ridicule, mockery, hardship, testing, and persecution. So I'm here to tell you and warn you that if you use your heart only as the yardstick to measure the presence of God or the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, do you know what's gonna happen to your faith? It's going to evaporate. Faith comes not by how you feel. It comes by hearing and the hearing of Christ's word. Romans chapter 10. Brothers and sisters, faith based on feelings will not be able to survive the times of testing and the hardships of persecution. This is not the kind of faith that can endure the sword of Islam, the hammer and sickle of communism, or the critical theory cult. For that, You will need an objective word of Jesus, namely the preaching of the gospel, holy baptism, holy absolution, as well as the Lord's Supper. You need the external promise of Jesus. That's certain and sure, no matter how you feel, good or bad. Then there's the seed that fell among the the thorns. Jesus says what the thorns are. He says they are the cares and the concerns of what? this world, and the deceitfulness of riches. Anxieties such as, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Just ask the young kids, junior high, high school. They're really concerned about what they're going to wear. Houses, investments, portfolios, retirement. And this is why many Christians with these concerns have fallen away from the faith. It's no coincidence then in the New Testament that two rich men appear in Jesus' parables and they wind up in where? Where do they wind up? In hell. Remember? The rich man who ignored who? Lazarus is begging at his gate in Luke 16. You remember that? You remember the man who dropped dead one night over the blueprints for his bigger barns to store his bumper crop of grain? Luke 12. Do you remember that? St. Paul warned That some people, pursuing riches and gains, have forfeited their own souls. 1 Timothy chapter 6. How weedy is your soil? I want you to ask yourself, what prevents me from regularly hearing God's word preached and taught? What hinders me from habitually eating and drinking Christ's body and blood? And why in the world doesn't that concern me in the least? Whatever that is, you have identified the weeds that are choking the word and preventing it from becoming fruitful in your life. In our families and congregations, there are those that have abandoned the Christian faith. But it will not be because of our lack of time or money in the church. It will be because we simply refuse to be repented and faithed and led in holy living. It's really that simple. Our families and congregations are literally choking to death on the immense riches that we have. We're choking to death on the enormous time that we waste on activities that, in the long run, are vacuously self-serving and the decadent lives that we all live. Jesus, however, in the text does speak of the seed that fell on good soil, soil that has felt, listen carefully, Soil that has felt the sharp blade of the plow broken and turned under soil. That soil yields a harvest, 160, 30. It's the only condition of the soil that is fruitful, namely soil that is <coughs> plowed under, literally dead soil. Yes, that's right, I said it. I said soil is dead. The life and vitalities and energies are not in the soil, but in the seed. Seeds are embryonic life. Soil's made out of what? All kinds of dead stuff. And death is the medium in which the seed springs to life and grows and yields fruit. Jesus audaciously declared it in the New Testament. Remember this? He said this. Unless a grain of wheat (laughs) falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. With those words, Jesus was preaching about his own Good Friday death on the cross, where he laid down his life for the life of the world and was buried in the tomb, literally the soil of the earth, if you will. He did that for you and for your life. So, if you're picking up what Jesus preaches today in Matthew's Gospel, the only soil in which the seed of the Gospel, that is Jesus, is productive is what? Dead soil. Plowed under soil. Broken down soil. Soil that says, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Galatians 2. Christ Jesus first has to plow us under. In other words, He breaks our hearts so that they will trust only in Him. Jesus unfolds and opens our clenched hands so that they receive His gifts of salvation. He clears our befuddled minds with His promise, I forgive you, so that we bear a bunch of fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. Well, The sower recklessly sows the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners. He sows and he preaches it all over the place. Yes, the gospel is preached, whether men like it or not, whether they listen or not listen, whether they believe it or believe it not. The divine sower casts the word of Jesus, the good news that in Jesus there's forgiveness, life, and salvation, that in Jesus there is no condemnation under the law, that in Jesus there is only peace and hope. This parable in Matthew's gospel calls what from all of us? It calls for patience on our part. We preach the word, we baptize, we call people to repentance. Few seem to hear it. Most of it seems to ping off of hardened hearts. Some give it only a shallow and superficial hearing. Some fall away from the church because of the love of money and fearing the cares of this world rather than God. Yes, Hearts do grow cold. The baptized and the confirmed, they fall away. And we get what? We get discouraged. And then we are tempted to do something we should never do. And what's that? We are tempted to no longer trust God and his word. And we are tempted to do church our way, then, and not God's way. By doing what? By compromising God's truths and giving in to a wicked culture and giving in to sinful, wicked desires. So what do we need to do? We need to pray for the return of the wayward and the erring, that God would bring them back before it's hellaciously too late. We must pray that God will repent faith and lead us, as well as them, back to hearing his word. That God will run the plow of the law right through our hearts and theirs. Now, God's promise in all of this is that the word of the gospel, the word who is Jesus, never returns empty, but always accomplishes his purpose. Yeah, you're dead in yourself, but you are alive to God in Christ. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. You are dead soil, and living seed then means a good harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold come Resurrection Day. That's certain, and that's sure. And so if you've got ears... It's time to hear in the name of Jesus.